0: Hello, welcome to Dad Asks Mums with me, Al Booth. Thank you for being here. This has been something I've wanted to do for ages, and that is absolutely highlighted by the fact that in this episode, which was recorded months and months ago, my children were still two and five, whereas now they are three and six. As of last week, Alfie had his sixth birthday, which he didn't realise just really messes up all my, like everything that's pre recorded on here. Just, you know, I'm having to go through and rewrite things for the show notes. I'm a dad of a two year old and five year old. Not anymore. They're growing up. They say they grow so fast, but more so when you actually have to, you know, do admin. Anyway, that's by the by. I hope you're well. Thank you for being here for this episode, which features Berryhan Abbas Donald. Now, Berryhan is a solicitor, she's a netballer, she's a feminist. Uh, a part time runner. We talk about none of those things, really. Um, she's an Egyptian Hong Konger, which we do touch upon because that kind of relates to her background and how she's bringing up children. Most importantly, though, Berihan is a mum of two. So welcome to the podcast, Berihan Abbas Donald.
1: Mum of two. I've got a son who's six and a half and a daughter who's four and a half.
0: Yeah. That's what I love about childhood is that half is so important, isn't it?
1: It's not them. It's me. I say six and a half. And my son goes, no, I'm six, mum. Until I'm seven, I'm six, which is true. So I, it's, it's more me. Yeah,
0: no, me. I'm, I'm completely with you. Pre-kids, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those parents who say, yeah, he's uh, two years and seven months. So it's like me going, yeah, I'm, I'm 45 in seven months. It's like, that would sound ridiculous.
1: But especially at that age, there is a huge, I mean, I think development wise, the first five years, every month counts.
0: I mean, as soon as they get to school as well, as soon as they do nursery and then school and then Alfie's in year one. And it's great because their personality is like who they're going to be, I suppose.
1: And have you got with your oldest one, have you got the issue where you discuss the September and October babies in comparison to the... Um, May, June, July and August babies that's a huge topic of conversation in parents I think
0: Yeah because before we had Alfie I think there was a lot of planning like years ago it was like being a football manager it was like so if we if we want a baby here we have to start you know (laughs) being affectionate to each other here Yeah And then, of course, you try for a baby. I mean, we got really lucky both times. But the first time, you're like, well, hold on. If you're not pregnant now, they're going to be the lowest in the year by three weeks. And I don't think it matters
1: too much. I don't think I really noticed the aging thing until I became a parent. Going into school and seeing sort of like the parents of September and October babies and what they can do and comparison to my child who, who still can't put his coat on. Yeah. He yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. struggles with socks. Because, yeah, like you said right at the
0: beginning, you know, I just go, Alfie's five. In the year of five, they will learn to do this at some point.
1: How's he finding the step up from reception to year one?
0: You don't know once they're actually inside, but... It's Because um, you say to Alfie, what did you do today? And I go, Timmy didn't give a pen back to such and such. That's the other thing. I go, don't tell tales. But then I think, but if you're in trouble, tell tales. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, and they take it literally, don't they? Because we had a conversation with Aidan because he said, Mummy, that's lying because I got something wrong. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got it wrong because I thought it was right. If I knew it was wrong and then said something saying it was right, that's lying. And that kind of blew his mind. He's <laughs> like, what? There's a difference. There's a nuance. On was like,
0: Yeah. So, my dad was a, a prison officer, a prison governor. So, as a kid, it was always like, don't tell lies. I lock up liars.
1: Oh, wow. That's serious.
0: Yeah, that is serious, but it works. <laughs> but then the other thing, on his off days, if the phone rang, he'd go, tell them I'm not here. And so, you're like oh, yeah. six going,
1: but I'm going to go to prison. My dad says, don't lie. And then he says, Tell them I'm not like, yeah, I've got to get to prison. That's every parent's nightmare about the whole kids under five go free or something. And you're like, <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> so you're 5 And they're lying. But you just told me I'm not allowed to lie. And that's a lie.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What the actual heck?
0: What was the last conversation you had with your kids?
1: We had a discussion about fairness and the fact that sometimes life is not fair and why that is. Aiden does tennis on a Tuesday. Layla has gymnastics that finishes at 4.30 at school. So me and Aidan coming back. We pick up Layla. She's had like some sort of suite at their house. So I picked her up and my friend said, oh, Aidan, would you like the same suite? She couldn't find it. Pulls out a Pomba's. In the meantime, Layla's given him her other half of the suite and then all hell breaks loose because Layla's like, well, I've given Aiden my suite and he's got pom bears and she literally has the world's biggest meltdown. I was like, hang on a moment. You did have a packet of crisps today with her after school club. So I was trying to explain that in actual fact, the universe had actually been quite fair to you two because you had your packet of crisps and your half a sweet. Aiden's had his sweet and his packet of crisps and the world and, and literally wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it because her view is it's not fair right now. Of course. So yeah, so it was an interesting conversation in which Aiden thought everything was fair because he was holding two things.
0: The world has delivered to me.
1: <laughs> and Layla thought everything was unfair because she wasn't holding anything. And uh, we walked home with basically one person being very angry and shouty and one person going, the world's right as rain. It's time for a question.
0: There's the, the mum of a four-year-old and a six-year-old. What is the dynamic?
1: So um, I'm one of three. My husband's one of three. So we come from a dynamic where there's always conflict because the three cannot never be in line with one another. What I find with my two is I try as much as I can not to get involved because invariably, you kind of get involved at the wrong time and you invariably tend to side with one and then it breeds resentment. And as well, sometimes I genuinely don't know what they're arguing about. So there's very little I can contribute other than you might want to play together because it's nicer because I'm cooking and I can't deal with this. Um, so the dynamic is this. Layla, very similar to at your Sienna, um, adores Aidan. Um, he has grown into his role as a big brother i don't think it comes naturally to aiden to be you know looking after someone younger i think he also viewed Layla, who's really young when she was born he was just a month off his second birthday and she kind of came onto the scene and he wasn't really sure about her so i think he's kind of grown into that role so they have a nice i think they have a lovely relationship they clearly can play together But they also are siblings and squabble. And I think I read somewhere that siblings will argue like hundred times in an now. I don't know, if, maybe that's an exaggeration. But there was a study where they—it doesn't
0: le- feel it. <laughs> that feels that feels pretty much on the on the nut button. Exactly
1: yeah. for a parent. So um, I think I come from a very loud household. You know, uh, both my parents are Egyptian. Were um, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I'm sort of that first generation immigrant family. So the cultural norms of Egypt were very much in my household because that's what my mum and dad knew. Um, so we were very loud, you know, um, shouty. You know, we'd have an argument, then we'd get over it and move on. And that's kind of how it works. We didn't stew on it. Um, so I kind of have that background. So when the kids start arguing with each other, I'm okay. kind of okay with it as so long as they're not physically hurting each other. And it's not dangerous. And it's not on the stairs. Which
0: <laughs> the stairs.
1: So, yeah. like I don't
0: know. <laughs> Every parent is afraid of the stairs. There's,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of sometimes feel sad she doesn't have a younger sibling. And I kind of feel sad for me. Um, and I'm two and out. I'm definitely two and out.
0: But it's interesting you say two and out. Was that always the way?
1: A friend of mine had said this. And again, at the time, I was nowhere near having a baby. So I was like, she's just saying that. It's all rubbish Um Again, I was wrong. And um, she was saying, like, it's a black curtain. Until you go through it, you genuinely have no idea what's behind that black curtain. And that's the best way to describe parenting. I love my two children dearly. But the idea of bringing a third child and having the lack of sleep, um, the potty training, the, the terrible twos, the three-nagers, the, everything that comes with all of that, and then everything yet to come that I've not experienced, it just, no, I can't do it. Like my mum keeps saying to me, just do it, I'll raise this child. I was like, mm, no, because as much as I love you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for me personally, it was, I wanted three, I stopped at two, because I genuinely find parenting hard. And I'm honest about that.
0: And that's such a great admission as well, because I'm the same. It's not like I'm this really chilled out and like happy-go-lucky, positive person. And parenting just brings that aside that you didn't, it's like the antithesis of, of what I'm doing. Where does the answer come? When does the answer come?
1: I don't think it does. And I think No <laughs> I think what really I think what makes the whole situation like this in my opinion, because I saw something I saw on social media has just not left me. And I think it, it kind of encompasses what is the problem with parenting. And the problem with it is everyone not everyone, a lot of people believe their parenting is right and correct and everything they do is right and therefore everyone not doing it is wrong and there's this incredible amount of judgment on on parenting whereas I feel like if we can just be a little bit more honest and be a bit more understanding about the fact that we don't really know what we're doing most of the time we feel like the you know the 12 year old we were at the time of parenting like how we got this responsibility and that Hey, you know what? All kids are different. And some kids react well to that kind of parenting. Some kids don't. And that's why there's all these different ways of parenting. We, even within a family, like I've got two kids and they're very different personalities. Like Aiden's one of these people that he has a memory like an elephant. So if you tell him you're going to do something, and don't do it. He will feel very aggrieved and very let down. So you have to be really careful what you say to him. Well, there's Layla, She forgets. (laughs) So you can probably get away with some stuff there to, you know, manage a situation. I think the answer never comes because we're always learning. A lot of it is to do with the fact that we probably as adults need to do some work on ourselves. Like we're always having to learn and change and do all that and we're not very good at learning and we're not very good at changing so I don't, I don't believe the answer ever comes so I think there's moments where you think oh I did that right and then the rest of the time you're like how much therapy are they going to have because of me Daddy's <laughs> Disc of Dilemma
0: Behind me you will see my uh, cake base with some numbers glued on that I stole from my children's play box uh, but this is Daddy's Disc of Dilemma <laughs> <laughs> They're it's that. I will spin it and whatever okay. number lands on, which is probably going to be uh, between four and five because I haven't put the screw quite in the centre, whatever number it lands on relates to a dilemma. So, here we go. Let's uh, give it a little... You can see, oh, look at that. Oh no, between three and four. It's advanced dilemma here is that you're obviously you talk about your husband is is working and you're a a working mum you're both working parents how do you split that time particularly in the holidays or when the kids come home early from school and your working day hasn't finished how do you how do you keep focused or how do you get your work done and not feel like you're being a terrible parent
1: um badly right okay brilliant (laughs) no um how do we do it um We are very lucky. We have a school that runs breakfast club and after-school club. Breakfast club starts at 7.45 and after-school club ends at 6. So technically speaking, you could just dump the kids in from 7.45 till 6 at the school. Now... um, when they release those um, dates, it's like last brew tickets, okay? The school says, <laughs> I'm not joking, it's hilarious. There's an app, the school says on this day, at this time, we're going to release it for the year. So they do it in July for the following year. And you're literally sitting there and like, and there's a button that says select all. And usually I just press select all and book them all. And then you get like a payment plan that you have to pay for the, the sessions. And stuff. So that's what we used to do pre-pandemic. But since a pandemic, obviously, our flexibility with work has increased, which has made us far more present as parents, which has been a real godsend. And I think that's why I have such a real like, rage whenever I see um, people on social media, especially people who are wealthy, talk about this idea that everyone's lazy and should get back into the office. Mm. And I don't, don't believe that. I believe I'm more productive since being more flexible because I'm able to focus, get my work done, and then know that I can spend more time with my children. Anyway, so that's what we used to do pre-pandemic. Since the pandemic, we've looked at ways to make reduce the kids' time in these breakfast club and after-school club. First of all, it was really difficult getting them there for 7.45. And it was like we'd get them there at 20 past 8 and they'd literally be there for 20 minutes and we'd be paying like 15 quid. Yeah, yeah. We've we've kind of worked it. We look at our diary, and we've got these set days. So Tuesday and Wednesday, then Breakfast Club, and then after school club. Uh, Layla does a lot more than Aidan because they don't do uh, activities. And I'll bring them home, and I'll have prepared because I don't know about you, but they finish school and they're like, "I'm so hungry, I'm going to die," and if you yes, don't give me food. Yeah, so I'm like prepared yeah. like the hairs because I try and give them that. rather. Can than, I just,
0: um, I just want to say that was the most middle class sentence I've heard on this podcast. I prepare the crudités. I know,
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. But only because it's quicker than saying I chop some cucumbers, carrots and peppers up and make them into thick. Yeah,
0: that's what it is.
1: And also I didn't know that word until I became a parent. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what they were. When would I have ordered crudite? What? I don't <laughs> no one. Well, i eat a salad i don't eat like sticks and hummus anyway yeah fair um, enough but my kids don't like avocado, so i'm winning some ways i think we've gone off topic so largely the actual real work that i have to do in order to account for my shorter day is when they get to bed the laptop comes on and this is something both me and my husband do so You know, there is an element where sometimes we talk about the fact going back to the pre-pandemic where we are putting them at breakfast club at 7.45 and picking that at say 5, 5 5.30 so that we can get our working day done and then have our evenings. But what it meant was we were getting the kids at 5.30 and they were really tired. They were grouchy. We weren't having those lovely, you know, 10-minute chats coming back from school about fairness. None of that. They were just too tired. So I think we've had to just accept that for at least their primary school years, we are going to have to sacrifice some part of our evenings to work in order that we have some part of the day where the kids are engaging with us and happy to talk to us and aren't tired now we're lucky we can work from home we've got desk type jobs where we can do that i very much don't understand how you know parents who work in the healthcare profession or care profession where they don't have that kind of flexibility I, i don't know how they do it
0: no 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 exactly yeah i completely get completely get that we're kind of the same you know we just yeah, we're thinking, well, you know, we'll make, Kerry and I'll make our memories when the kids are a little bit older, I think. We're going away on uh, Friday night. We've got a hotel. Kerry's parents are looking after the kids for the night. But I think we're both a bit nervous because we're like, I don't
1: know what, I don't know what, what do we do? <laughs> you just talk about the children and show each other photos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, we probably will. I love going away with my husband. Uh, that's my genuinely I'm able to like relax and enjoy myself and spend time with them and concentrate because Monday to Friday is just survive the week. And then Saturday and Sunday now we have like um kids activities. Um but yeah, no, I, I really I really enjoy it and I hope you have a lovely time. And it's really nice that you do that.
0: This podcast is called Dad Asks Mums. What is a question that you as a mum wish that I had asked as a dad?
1: Um, what's the most annoying thing your husband's ever done?
0: Okay. What is the most annoying thing your husband's ever done?
1: He's got an inab- inability to close cupboards and doors. <laughs> it's the most infuriating thing. <laughs> like, I tried to explain to him, I was like, right, in order to keep the heat in a room, you have to close a door. So close the doors. And he just he can't do it. He can't do it. And I'll go into the kitchen and, the, like, bear in mind, it's head, his head height. So he's the one going to, yeah, out. No. They'll be <laughs> You room, cover's open. And I'll literally go through. I'm just the woman who closes the doors and closes the cupboards. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why is this? Why is it so hard? And, like, we have <laughs> soft clothes. So you just go whack and it's done.
0: <laughs> that's not the worst thing, is it? That's not. That's, yeah. That's good problem to have I think yeah I think I'm the same with Kerry I'm like oh you've I see you've opened a a third can of baked beans when there are two in the fridge oh yes and then I'm I'm like who am I who am I I but yeah and then I'm sure I do well I must I know I do far worse so yeah Daddy is a bum cake what is the question that you as a mum would like to ask me as a dad
1: how did you feel when your children were really young like newborn stage the newborn to? to six months in that period of time did you feel kind of useless
0: <laughs> um, I mean I kind of that hasn't stopped really
1: <laughs> <laughs> No.
0: I'm glad you gave it just a six month sort of uh, yeah. time frame but did I feel useless yeah I felt guilty probably I don't know if I felt useless oh. I mean not not racked with guilt but it's just like you said before, you know, going back to that that black curtain, which is such a great analogy. There's a black curtain, you open it, and then everything about parenting just comes at you from there. It was like that. But again, it was like, what should I be doing? Because I want Kerry to be as comfortable and as happy and as yeah. able to bond with her child as possible. That dilemma, which might be more of a man thing, which we've just touched upon, which is the, you know, how do we still remain a couple? How can we still be that couple? Because we, that, that's important. And... Yeah, and then, you know, how am I going to be a good dad? Am I as good a dad as I can be? So there's all that going on. It swells, and it builds up, and it's quite overwhelming, actually. Um, so I don't know if I felt useless as such, certainly in the delivery room, of course. But Dude, I was doing it, and
1: I felt useless.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. What well, I knew it. Um, Helpless, I'd say, probably, yeah. a little bit. Not to sound completely, you know, it wasn't constant, but certainly more elements of that. I had to go to the doctor to get medication for depression. I'm
1: so sorry to hear that,
0: Al. I mean, I've had that on and off since teenage yeah. years, you know. But, um, but with Alfie, yeah, I remember he was just crying, and Kerry had gone back to work. I don't know. How, I don't know when she went back to work because I'm trying. I've thought about this since, mm. and I was like, but he mustn't have been such a baby. Yeah. But obviously, I guess they they can't communicate until they're probably into into being yeah, too So, yeah. so he was crying, and I didn't know what to do. And it was just, re- everything was just getting too heavy for me. So, yeah, I, I went and saw yeah. for that. But um,
1: I don't know, I think... But it's great that you did that, because I think there's a lot of dads out there who who wouldn't... I mean, obviously, um, you've had the experience, but there's a lot of dads who probably that sort of feeling, they wouldn't recognise that they need to seek help.
0: Well, no, because the men don't, do they? You know, postnatal depression is, is the mother thing. And, of course, you know, it's, it must be horrendous, and you can't understand that as a man, but... But yeah, it's it's that.
1: I always think you don't have to compare the two, as it were. Like
0: no, no, of course not. No, definitely but, not. But um,
1: the reason I asked the question is, you um, and hmm. had this book called uh, "Pregnancy for Men" by I think it's Matt Coyne, C O Y N E. I can't ever say his name. Anyway. Um, it was a great book, like really funny uh, way of describing what was going on to your, basically your partner throughout the nine months. So it was literally, this is what you're going to see. Be prepared for this and that. And it's all done in a, in a really funny and accessible way. And he liked the book so much. I found out that he'd written a, a one for like babies to toddler stage and Ewan loved it. So I bought him that and he said one of the biggest takeaways he got from reading the babies to toddler book is talking about from a psychological perspective how the little things that you do as a dad you might feel like oh this is pointless all they want is a mum is a mum's mum but all these little things that you do the engagement that you have even doing you know one nappy whatever more nappies or whatever it was that you know the dads were doing he said all of these will pay off but you'll see the payoff when they're two. Right. You unfortunately won't see that pay off so immediately in these first two years because biology says basically this child's going to be, should be attached to its mum yeah. for those first two years. So he took so much from that because it was like this was all happening to somebody else. Yeah. Not, not to him. Right. And um, then the baby comes and I was breastfeeding and, you know, up at night and, you know, again, back into those roles of always achieving. This is my job now. I've, I've gone on maternity leave. I've got to get up every more, every night with the baby because you're going to work and this is now my job and it doesn't feel anything good, does it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's why I was, I was just wondering if you had entered into being a dad with some of that information where you feel like okay I feel a bit useless but you know I know this is normal baby wants mum and I'm going to keep being present and then I'm going to read the rule.
0: yeah I think I mean you know I've always been a mummy's boy and I've always been really I'm close to both my parents in very different ways so I just kind of naturally like Sienna will wake up at night and go mummy and sometimes she wakes up and says daddy and that's amazing Yeah. but but I'm also like that's not what happens usually the child will phone up and say mum uh, sorry wake up and say mummy or if they fall over they go mummy it's just accepted in a way but then Sienna will wake up she'll go mummy like this morning mummy mummy and I went and got her and brought her down and she was like, "I want my mummy, want a mummy." And then she woke up and she was like, "Daddy," and came over and just sat with me and just. And I was like, "Yeah, see, I'm there. once the you know that sort of fundamental need, the biology. Then yeah, I'm there. Yeah,
1: and I think it, I, I'm not one of these parents as well who's like, I've, I've got mums who are like, oh, they said they wanted their dad. I felt a bit bad. Why? Yeah, not, <laughs> delighted. <of course>. Hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm always really happy when. I don't. I don't take it in offense when my children would rather not even me or you. And maybe they want. I don't know. Like I'm, you know, their grandparents stay over because when they fly over, they stay with us, and they're like, oh no, no, kids do whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's just it, that's not a reflection of their feeling towards me. Like you know, I, I'm I am solid in that, and I feel. We have a good bond. I feel I have a good, good bond with both my children. I'm sure when they're older, they'll tell their therapist otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, I don't. I think it's. I think it's lovely, and I definitely think with Layla as well. Um, she's. Like, see, people are like, oh, is she daddy's little girl? And I think Layla's very clever. So if I've upset her, she'll go to her dad. And if her dad's upset her, she'll come to me. And if we both upset her, she'll find some stranger to attach herself to.
0: Yeah. Um
1: whereas well, Aidan is very much like, if he's sad and upset, he wants me. And that's still the case um, now. So it's just one of the
0: things. I think that is the thing. I think if they're the sad or upset and they're... And I'll get there. I'll go there first. Go, yeah, come on, it's okay. I can, I can, and they would still want mummy. And I'm like, ah, oh, I, I want to be the one. But of course, that's just biology, I suppose. And you know, in our setup of, of a male and a female, mum and dad, and that's just how it works. Let's have a song for bed. Is there a song that might be a little bit old for it now? But is there a song that you used to sing your kids to get them to sleep?
1: Uh, hush, little baby, don't do you cry oh my god i sang that all the time
0: can you give us a rendition
1: okay but now i to remember the words I haven't, I haven't sung this for two years but layla this is the because
0: i i try and sing this hush little, hush little baby, baby don't, don't you cry you buy. daddy's gonna
1: daddy's gonna buy no hush little baby don't you cry how does it go it's always once i get the first two lines i'm fine but those two li-
0: there's a mockingbird in there isn't there yes
1: i knew all the rhymes but the first two lines
0: because I only know about two, and then I just started freestyling things that rhyme. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. No, I learnt I learnt all the words because I had none. I had no. Oh, really? Unless I was going to sing them, you know, the Spice Girls, which really, I'm like, that's really what I should have done. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting how quickly you get out of nursery rhymes. And um, my children at the moment are obsessed with that song, Green Green Grass.
0: By Tom Jones. Uh
1: no. Uh, Green Green Grass, Blue Blue Sky you better have a party on the day that I die. Oh, George Ezra. My kids love, and they love that line. So they keep saying it. They're like, you better have a party on the day that I die. And I'm like, <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a whole new topic, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently
1: he sang it at the Queen's Jubilee, but didn't see sing the bit about have a party when, when you die bit. But yeah, so that's their latest
0: Oh, well, brilliant. Thank you so much. That was so much fun. And I learnt a lot. And that is the point. Well,
1: I hope you did. I, I feel like I didn't impart much wisdom other than we're all muddling through.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. That is the wisdom, isn't it? It's that sort of just going, oh, OK, well, that's happening to other people. That's, that's the good thing. Oh, thank you.
1: That's all right. Pleasure. Bye bye. <laughs>
0: There we go. Dad Asks Mums with Berryhan Abbas Donalds. I really enjoyed that. I say that after every single episode, but I do because I'm learning. That's the whole point of this podcast, the conversations and the learning. Uh, It was interesting to go over the, yeah, those emotions after Alfie was born, that depression thing that was touched upon. Mm, Interesting, retrospectively. Uh, Also, the fact that Bohan comes from a family of three because Kerry is one of three sisters. And I remember after Sienna, our second, was born, being at the BBC and someone coming up to me and saying, uh, has your partner got any siblings? Oh, yeah, she's got two. Oh, well, you'll have another child then. That's what they said, and I was like, "No, I don't think so." But it's definitely something that's cropped up along the way. I know Kerry has certainly spoken about it, but you know, anyway, that's that's this isn't therapy. This is me hosting a podcast, so that's maybe a conversation that me and Kerry will keep private. Um, and also, I'm 46. You know, I know Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro are doing it, but they've got a little bit more cash than I have, and probably a bigger house, and probably nannies and stuff. And as Barry said, parenting's hard. I love that's what I love about that conversation, the honesty. It is hard. It's hard mentally. It's rewarding. It's amazing. But it's difficult, isn't it? But you know what? It's also when you step when they're in bed, and they're fast asleep and you're going, Oh, I miss them. It is just the best thing in the world. want to place it for anything. If you'd like to be on the show, you can message me al at dadasksmums.com or on socials at dadasksmums. Maybe you'll be on the next one. I'll see you soon. Take care. You can get this. Wherever you get, you podcast. Thanks for using. Come back soon. Turn it off. Oh dear.